As Gogan approaches, is Cardano in danger of making some of the same mistakes as Ethereum? Cybersecurity expert Vic of Sparta Stakepool says, not so fast. Plus, one delegate has enough and tells his multi-pool SPO to kick rocks. But who's right and who's wrong? And are multi-pools even a threat to the Cardano network? That's today on your Cardano Update. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to your Cardano Update. I'm James Kiever, one of three stake pool operators at United Stakes of Cardano, a Cardano stake pool that you can delegate to and get rewards every five days through staking, the process by which Cardano maintains the blockchain and achieves consensus. Today is the 2nd of February, 2021, and we'd ask you to please hit that thumbs up icon and make sure you're subscribed to our channel. And finally, if you'd like to delegate to our stake pool, our ticker is USA01, and it's as simple as searching for that in Daedalus or Uroi. All right, with Gogan right around the corner, what's to say developers on Cardano won't make some of the same mistakes developers on Ethereum have made, especially in the context of the MakerDAO hack? Cyber expert Vic, stake pool operator of Sparta Stake Pool, ticker SPRTA. Vic, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having me, James. You were telling me a publication out of MIT that's like 150 something pages, and uh, we'll be sure to link to that in the description of this video. But your leisure re uh, reading material, all about blockchain security. And uh, it's brought up some interesting points as we're on the cusp of a Gogan release and running smart contracts on the Cardano network. What's being done to make sure we're not making some of the same mistakes again? Like for instance, the MakerDAO hack. Yeah, so I've been very interested in, um, in you know, we're picking up Solidity and picking up uh, Plutus and Haskell before that. Uh, so as a result of, of that work, I'm also doing work around, you know, um, cybersecurity and blockchain. And I came across this um, fairly lengthy in, in, in the report that's uh, uh, really good in talking about blockchain security in general. And, you know, one of the things that, that they review is the MakerDAO hack, which is, I think, is, is pretty interesting to look at history and see what happened. So we, we can understand what kinds of things can happen and what, what types of things can go wrong when these dApps are put out onto the blockchain. This is a very interesting kind of uh, uh, inspection because uh, what actually happened there was that the attacker um, was able to use a recursive attack um, in order to siphon off all of the funds from the main account in the MakerDAO. Um, and and this, this MakerDAO uh, was supposed to be a crowdfunding uh, platform, right? That allowed proposals to be made um, and proposals to be funded and based on the the DAO tokens, you were able to then vote on those proposals. Um, but when you voted and you and you voted with your tokens, you were also able to withdraw your support for that proposal. And by withdrawing the support for the proposal, the attacker was able to, to do, this, do this recursive attack where he siphoned off the funds, which was a pretty interesting thing that no one expected. It was a flaw in the logic behind the code that no one saw, but certainly the attacker saw it and exploited it, right? So. Um, and, and that's a function of the of solidity and the fact that it's not a, a functional program, um, which we'll talk about, you know, Haskell and how Haskell, you know, can um, can actually remediate that kind of, you know, attack. Well, that brings up, you know, a very good point. How is this not going to happen on Cardano? 
so, so excuse me, I said Haskell, but I meant Plutus. Plutus is based on Haskell, which is a, a functional program. And what a functional pro program gives you is, think of it like a math function where you have inputs and outputs. Um, you know, every time you, you, you put a certain input into a math function, you're going to get the same output. That's the same thing that, that Plutus gives you in capability. So it, it assures you that what you're programming and what you're compiling and, and putting out to the world functions as designed and that there are no uh, unknown consequences to the code that you've put out there. There's no logic issue. There's no uh, exploitable uh, unknown bug that's going to uh, be able to be used to siphon off, off the funds from your from your DAP or for your financial contract. And, and then with that said, Marlowe, which is the, a domain-specific language specifically for finance, is also another um, fantastic best practice because it's a, it's a language specifically for finance, financial contracts that ensures even more uh, safety and security in those types of uh, DAPs um, because it's, it's, it's specifically for that function and it's been, you know, uh, laced with best practices and safety guards so that it's not hacked like nigger Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it brings up some interesting points. I mean, you're seeing uh, with the KEVM um, some courting maybe uh, of Ethereum developers. Uh, and then, then you're seeing just some some other tools like with Marlowe and Haskell, uh, or excuse me, Marlowe and Plutus, um, that uh, is more of an invitation to just uh, regular blockchain developers or other types of blockchain developers. And anyways, I just wonder if, do you see Solidity maybe competing with the likes of Plutus and Marlowe and, you know, certainly not Haskell, but at least Plutus and Marlowe? I don't see it as competing with the other languages. I see it as an on-ramp onto Cardano. It's more of a Trojan horse, in my opinion, right? Because it, it entices those developers to uh, bring their dApps into Cardano. And once they figure out the fees are lower, the, you know, the, the blockchain is faster, you get you know more throughput transactions on the blockchain. Um, and then they, once they discover these other languages, which give them more assurance are available as well, I see them, you know, coming on with Solidity and, and using their dApps there and then porting over to, to the other languages. So I think it's a perfect on-ramp for any developer, which is going to want to be multi-chain anyways, right, in, in these days. Absolutely. Now, Vic, while I've got you, especially since um, uh, you're a stake pool operator, you're a cybersecurity expert, when it comes to this issue of multiple stake pools being run by a single stake pool outfit, in one case, we're talking eight pools. Uh, from your knowledge as a stake pool operator and a cybersecurity expert, is this something we need to worry about for the Cardano network? I mean, would you say this is a threat to decentralization? I don't think there's an easy answer to this. You know, it's a free market. I think, you know, stake pool, stake pool operators are, you know, business operators, especially the ones that take it seriously. And, you know, they're going to um, do what is right for them and their business and their families. Um, if I had the influence and, I, and I, had, I had the delegates to run multiple pools, I don't see myself running eight pools or running 22 pools or running 16 pools. Um, I like the idea of running, you know, a single pool um, and I'm dedicated to that single pool. Um, but, you know, again, it's a free market. I don't think it's a threat. I think it's just a different business model. Um, and people are free to do, you know, whatever they think is right. You know, I think it, that as delegates um, become more educated, they're going to make decisions on whether they want to support single pool operators like myself or whether for the decentralization or whether they want to support, you know, multi-pool operations um, in their delegation. Their delegation is their vote, right? They, they decide the future of, of this, this blockchain. Uh, that, that's just, you know. 
No, I hear you, and, and, and I think it's interesting because it's it's a, it's an interesting conversation when that um, you know you really really didn't we didn't think about this you know a year or two years ago. So uh, going along with your point, in a free market, who has the responsibility to act here if there's something wrong? Is this is, is it up to delegates, state pool operators, developers? I mean, who do you think, uh, if there is a problem here, has a responsibility to act? Again, I think it goes back to the, the delegates and their vote, right? If there is something that's uncovered that's a threat to the network, um, I think if people are engaged and people are educated, and there's certainly lots of people like yourself that are putting out good programming to, you know, to help educate um, delegators, I think as, pe as people learn and get educated, they're going to make decisions that, that put us on the right track. So um, I, I just don't see it. I think it's a, it's a transient thing, right? It's the, it's the moment. It's the snapshot in time. It's going to change over time. Things dynamics are going to change, right? D is still, you know, a, you know a, above zero. So, you know, things are still changing in flux. So we'll have to see how things shake out before we make any kind of definitive decisions on this. Yeah. And as you say, the market's going to kind of iron it out one way or the other. Vic, our resident cybersecurity expert, stake pool operator of Sparta Stake Pool. That ticker again is S-P-R-T-A. Vic, thanks again. And we'll talk to you again at the top of next month. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Vic, for taking those questions. We're certainly not trying to stir up any trouble here, but the question of multi-pool SPOs is an issue that deserves a conversation. In fact, we've come across one delegate who, after assessing the evolving situation with multiple pools, decided he had had enough and went to Twitter to bid farewell to his pool. We invited him to share his story, and he agreed to come on. Calling all the way from St. Louis, Missouri, a Cardano enthusiast and delegate, James Burkett. James, thank you for calling in today. Thanks for having me. So you're on my radar for a pretty interesting reason. This tweet, and I'm going to read it because you're on your phone, at Richard McCracken, just wanted to let you know that I was staked with you from Epic 211 to Epic 243. I have moved my stake out of your pool because I can no longer support what you're doing with these steps you're taking. Reconsider raising your fees instead of opening new pools. Now, this is fascinating, and uh, I have to know more. Um, first, can you just start by telling us how long have you been following Richard McCracken and uh, delegating with Digi Stake Pool? Uh, I've been following Rick and Philippe since the beginning of the Cardano effect, and I've been uh, delegating to Digi since uh, the incentivized testnet. Well, I'm curious, James, what brought you to the point where you tweeted that? Uh, they had went for funding and they was to, they they actually pulled their funding. They wasn't denied funding. They pulled their proposal and said that they could no longer support the channel. And I was fine with that until he started opening more and more stake pools. I'm not going to delegate to somebody that's not supporting the network. So where are you delegating now, James? Uh, I've actually split my, my wallet up into multiple wallets so I could delegate to multiple different pools. All right. So who do you think is wrong here? Is it stake pool operators? I mean, they're in business to make money and they're following the rules. Or is it the delegates who are just sending so much delegation that all of these pools get saturated? Who do you think is, is wrong here? Is it SPOs or delegates? 
Uh, I don't think there's necessarily a wrong or right. I think it's a personal moral compass. Either you want to run your stake pool like a Jeff Bezos or a Mark Zuckerberg, or you want to run your stake pools like Charles Hodgkins and the Cardano Foundation and push your power to the edges. James, have you seen maybe a loss of innocence in the Cardano community? I mean, from content producers, developers, delegates, now that the network is up and running and we're making money and pulling in rewards, does it seem to you as though maybe we've lost our innocence? Uh, I believe there's a lot of uh, buddy hustling going on. And yes, I believe we've lost a lot of our innocence. And there's a lot of people pretending to be a part of this community that are more cared about their own pocket. Yeah, James Burkett, delegate and Cardano enthusiast. Very nice to speak to you and get your perspective. Very grateful for your uh, that you've called in. Thank you. Now, we realize this is just one person's perspective. We did the reach out to multi-pool operators to come on for the other side of this topic. And if that's you or if you feel like you have something to add to the conversation, please reach out. That is what we're here for. And I do think people want to hear the other side of this issue. But for now, that is our show. And as always, we couldn't be more grateful each and every time you join us here for the show. Again, liking the video, subscribing to our channel, they're both great ways to support us, but arguably the number one way to support this newscast is by delegating to our stake pool. Now, if you need to get in touch with us, if you've got a story idea or are a stake pool operator and would like to introduce yourself and your pool to the community, just hit us up on one of these channels. Again, thanks everyone for watching. I'm James Kiever, and that's your Cardano Update.